Welcome to the Anxious Marketers. It's a new week of anxiety, and this is episode one, and we're super anxious about it. Yeah, we are, but that's on brand, I guess. So so you're probably wondering what this podcast is about and if you don't know us, who we are. So I guess we can start episode one of season one with some introductions to ourselves and what we're doing here. Yes. So, Mia, why don't you tell everyone a little about you? I don't have my elevator pitch down, even though it's been like six or seven years since I've been working in the professional world, but I am a digital marketing manager. I'm not not approaching 30 years old. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting there. (laughs) Really exciting. I work in digital marketing. I started as a content writer. I actually had a really interesting start to my working career. Why? I I went to school. So I went to college for originally marketing and I couldn't get through any of the accounting classes. <laughs> Same. They were <laughs> atrocious. Mm-hmm. I'm not a math girl. Um, and so then my mom gave me the advice to just go to school for something that I really love and am passionate about, and that was English and creative writing. So I got a degree in a language that I already know. <laughs> um, but I did get some copywriting internships my last year of school, and that, you know, I knew I was going to go into marketing some. I just didn't, it wasn't through uh, an official degree. Mm-hmm. And I think that that made a huge difference anyways, because it's not like you really learn marketing in college. That is so true. It changes all the time. I mean, just this year, we have the huge rise of AI. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got my first content writing job out of college, stayed there for a couple years, learned email marketing, HTML, CSS, building emails, Mm -hmm. Salesforce, Marketing automation. Marketing operations, too. Marketing operations. It was a team of three. (laughs) So we all did everything. And that's where I met Hannah. That is so true. That is so good. I actually almost forgot that you went to school for English creative writing. (laughs) So I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) But um, honestly, it was kind of the same journey as me. And it is funny because we did meet through both being content writers. Mia was a little bit ahead of the game. So she kind of taught me everything about writing a good blog. I remember our boss at the time, I wrote my first blog and he was like, Hannah, I hate the way you write. And I was like, he said that respectfully. Yeah, because I was still writing like I was writing a college paper because I just spent four years writing thesis is and you know making sure I had my three main points and blogging is so different yeah from that um but backing up a little bit I kind of got my start in a similar way I went to school for communications which I talk all the time anyway so I joke that I (laughs) majored in talking it's perfect it's funny though because I when I got into um like I went and got my associate's degree first and I was doing an accounting class, which is funny that you say that you just couldn't do it because I also couldn't. One time my professor, he came up to me like halfway through the semester 
And he was like, Hannah, you weren't in class yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I dropped class. <laughs> and he was like, good, you were going to fail. And I was like, perfect. I don't want that on my record. But I finished um, with a bachelor's in communication studies and my focus was in public relations. Um, and I actually did want learn like one thing about marketing, which was know your audience, which is still true. Literally, maybe the only thing that I learned about marketing because I didn't study it. And then I actually, before I got the job with Mia, I was working as a recruitment coordinator and I had to make like 100 phone calls a day and pre-screen candidates to, you know, make sure that they were good for jobs or not. And I really did not like telling them no. Yeah, because it was hard. They're like, Hannah, how do I get a job? I'm like, bro, I don't even know how I got this job. So, <laughs> um, but I remember one day when I was being a recruiter, the marketing team came in and they gave like a presentation on the new brand strategy and the email strategy and the content that we were going to publish. And I just remember sitting there thinking, I want that job. Yeah. Like that's what I, I want to do that. That's so fun. It is fun. Yeah. Um. So I, I only was a recruiter for like four months and then I went and applied at the place that you worked at and I got hired and I started doing content Um. and then that evolved into social media. And then from there, I've had like three or four different jobs in marketing. So I consider myself a generalist, but um, right now, I'm doing partnerships marketing, which is super fun. You just basically do a lot of co-branded events and digital marketing with other companies that have, you know, similar interests. So it's been a really fun journey. What a journey. I know. And I'm glad I met you along the way. It's great. Yeah. Well, why don't we tell them a little bit about our inspiration for starting the podcast? Maybe sure. what the logo means. Okay. You want me to start? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. So Hannah, probably two or three years ago looked at me and was like, Mia, I want to start a podcast. Was it that long ago? It was at the second office. Oh when my gosh, moved you're right. And you looked at me and you wanted to start a podcast and I was absolutely petrified of that. And I really just thought I had nothing to offer. Mm, um, not true. <laughs> so I get it though. Yeah. I don't know. You just were talking about it more and more and that just like deeply ingrained in my brain and about like two or three weeks ago I was like that sounds just like so much fun Mm -hmm. and I think also the rise of LinkedIn content I guess what also really sparked my interest in doing this is because my current boss actually really introduced me to how you can repurpose content everywhere Mm -hmm. and we have a pretty nice LinkedIn following for our company and whenever we do webinars, we repurpose content for LinkedIn content and the blog content. Mm. And it's just, I don't know, it just was all really exciting. Thought leadership is so cool to me. Like, that's a whole new form of marketing mm-hmm. that did not exist five years ago. Like, what is thought leadership? Oh. I don't f- know. <laughs> me and Katie Rosa were actually talking about that the other day. Oh, really? Like, what makes someone a thought leader? And I, I think it's you know, having a good idea, but also having influence, you know, because yeah, I was thinking about it. Like I, am I a thought leader if I have a good plan in my bedroom that no one knows about? Probably not. Right. I mean, I think if you're talking about it Mm -hmm. and you're sharing your opinions Mm -hmm. with your network, your community, you're Mm -hmm. just putting your voice out there and you're knowledgeable about the topic and you know what you're talking about even if you don't i mean sometimes it's just giving your two cents on mm-hmm. exactly on elon musk taking over twitter and making we, it an x 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. I think that can make you a thought leader. I think, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's just a corporate term for influencer. I think you're right. That's like, I think that is the main key part of being a thought leader because to be a leader, that would mean people are following what you're saying. So I think influence is a big part of it. Um, Yeah. And confidence for sure. But it is so interesting because that having content buckets that are just for thought leadership is so bizarre. Like if you told someone 10 years ago, at least to my knowledge, they wouldn't have thought that that was important. But now it's like the bread and butter of what everyone's doing. Yeah. So it's so cool. Exactly. Like part of my job right now is forming subject matter experts that can be the thought leaders for mm-hmm. yes, our Yes, you pick extreme. someone at your company and you're yes. like, you are the thought leader now. <laughs> yes, for just like our extremely niche offering, mm-hmm. our extremely niche product. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's not something a lot of people think about or know about. Mm-hmm. And you need someone that is knowledgeable, an expert, credible, mm-hmm. and confident, charismatic. That's important. Yeah, <laughs> and that's hard. It is. It is hard. So, Um, yeah, yeah. like from my perspective, I think I've always just loved expression in any form. One of the other podcast ideas I had was called Express Express, where it's like, I don't know, but I've always loved this idea of just like communicating. Obviously, I studied communication, so just understanding the theories and why we do it is super integral to my practice of marketing, but um. I'm very much a corporate girly. I'm a career girly. Like I love I love the nine to five. I'm sorry. If if someone else doesn't, that's okay. But I like structure. I'm a very type A person. So um and I, you know, probably should talk about it in therapy about why so much of my identity is placed in my work. Wow. But we're working on it. But you know, marketing is so important to me. But also mental health is important to me. So when we were having that conversation at the office a couple months ago is when the name of this podcast like came to light it was just like oh my gosh being a subject matter expert of something I think comes with experience yeah and there's no one else I know better than Mia to also talk about mental health from experience and marketing from experience because we literally grew our career in the trenches together like we rebranded a whole website and we multiple and yeah multiple and then doing the content for that while being anxious probably the whole time yeah so hundred percent i yeah i think too i'll just say real quick that this isn't a niche experience right so that was also the thing too is like everyone at work when we brought up the idea they were like i would do it i would be on that because it initially started as let's tell a story like when is a time at work that you totally bombed a marketing campaign or when something went really well but you were really unconfident in it yeah and everyone was like oh like i def like i have a story and i think that that is really what we want to do here is give people a place to tell those stories especially ourselves yeah so that they can like give confidence and like add courage to other people who are going through the same thing just trying to put on the mask and go to work and do an email campaign and send it to 100,000 people (laughs) and make sure the subject line is correct and that doesn't have a typo exactly it's scary or that you make sure that you suppress the right people so yes it's stressful oh my gosh our email marketing manager I'm sorry our she's a life cycle marketing manager now but she would have so much to say about email suppression lists because yes. it, there's always a big email blast that goes out and it just it just happens. Like how has any, I'd like to know, has any email marketer sent out a huge blast 
and gotten a Slack message from customer support, sales, some director that said, why did this person get this email? They're so hitting sorry. me up. Like, <laughs> what? I, like, it's almost clean. Like, we could have a whole episode about data. But, um, yeah, that's all. And it, and if you're an anxious person, that sets your cortisol levels, like, so to, through the roof when you get that mm-hmm. message that, like, this person got the email and they should not have been. And it's not like you didn't try your best. Right. To make sure it didn't happen. But, like, sometimes it just... Data, yeah. Data cleanliness is important. It is, and it's like, um, it's just really stressful because, obviously, the people reaching out to let you know that there was a mistake, like they don't have any ill will. But when you're the person who sent that email or who was in charge of the campaign, like the amount of responsibility feels so heavy. Yeah. But another point of this podcast is to like help people realize, including ourselves, that it's it's not that heavy. Right. It's going to be okay. It, people don't even always open the emails. We're not saving lives. Mm-hmm. Like, people that do that are amazing. We are literally making branded memes for the internet sometimes. We're yeah. doing silly little podcasts with our friends to mm-hmm. have a good time and just grow a community. Exactly. And one thing I wanted to mention just about the fruition of this idea and mm-hmm. that day in the office was it was just really cool because everyone was talking about it, even our boss. We were all like, oh, yeah. Love we- him. Yeah, (laughs) we're all anxious and it's a really refreshing thing to be around so many people that are like-minded and within this generation that are really open about talking about it or more open about talking about it. But I think you and I are such big advocates that that conversation, that door wouldn't have opened if we didn't say up front, like, I, I can't hide that part of myself because yeah. it's it's just huge like and it's you just can my see, day sometimes you can see it sometimes you can't but yeah. that's the other thing that I think really inspired this too is like you don't have to tell your boss about it but having yeah. the freedom and the comfort to do that if you want to is so important because you're not alone in what you're dealing with but it can make you feel very alone if you yeah. don't talk to someone about it and some might argue work isn't the place to do that but work is where you spend 40 hours or more of your life so to be not only anxious but then suppressing that like most of the time anxiety comes from suppressing an emotion anyway and I think one thing that really helped that conversation in where you currently work and where I used to work because I left again (laughs) but um (laughs) is like we did have the opportunity to take a mental health day and if you Mm -hmm. we had one a quarter yes and if it was like three days before the quarter ended you better believe our bosses would message us and say did you take your mental health day and like that was so special because it should be the norm but it's definitely not no definitely not and so I don't know where I was going with that but like that really inspired like the conversation too because you can see on someone's slack when they're out for a mental health day which like alludes to the fact that we all have something going on in our head yeah but that's as far as it usually goes like we don't talk about it other than that right and I think that while we shouldn't like dwell on the bad things it's important to to talk about them because we can't just sweep it under the rug and act like it doesn't happen because I think that acknowledging our weaknesses or what we're dealing with actually makes us stronger like to say hey I have crippling anxiety on Monday morning but I just gave a presentation. Like, that's a big deal. Right. You know? It's a huge accomplishment. And, you know, I think past generations, too, just they didn't talk about it. And I have so it much was empathy just, for them, too. I do. I do, too. And, you know, being raised by two 
baby boomers. My dad was a corporate baby boomer. My mom was is a freaking tough New Englander. <laughs> it was just like, okay, you just got to grin and bear it. Like, suck it up. You have to go to work. You have to – who cares if you don't like your job? You need to just, like, pay the bills. But, I mean, we're so connected now with technology, the internet. Like, mental health is – I think – it's always been important, but we can actually put names to our emotions where the past generations haven't. Yeah. And we see the importance in family and our friendships and mm-hmm. our relationships. And there's that, there's, you know, that whole idea that you should separate work and home. But I, again, I'm just not wired that way. And I try not to make work my identity. Mm-hmm. But Work is kind of my identity, you know, yeah. and I want to be proud of where I work and um, and I want to like my boss mm-hmm. and I want to like the people that I'm around and I don't want to pretend like I'm a just neatly me a tied, GPT. <laughs> me a GPT, just, you know, 100% like professional, yeah. doesn't swear, doesn't have facial piercings mm-hmm. or, you know, tattoos like mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can't not show up authentic. Yeah, I'm glad. I think it's important that we do show up authentically because I think that that's sustainable. Like it's sustainable to just be yourself every day. And I I do ride the line of because it's helped me in my own journey of, you know, obviously taking care of myself, but not letting myself isolate. So like I do have to push myself some days like I can't if I just in my stuck like I'd be there forever Mm -hmm. but I do think it is more sustainable to show up to work um just being yourself like one critique I've gotten many times in my career is that I'm too goofy or you know bubbly and that that's not authoritative and I think that for me like that's my superpower like that's what makes people want to help me win like that's what makes people want to make good on their promises to me you know so I think that that like, the things that are unique to us are, like, what make us special. Like, yeah. and if you're going to work every day, um, being, like, a third version of yourself or, you know, not being yourself, like, I don't think that's sustainable. Like, you're, yeah. you're going to slip up eventually. So I think it, it is better for us just to be honest when it makes sense to say, you know, I'm not feeling great today. And, you know, sometimes you have to grin and bear it. But sometimes I think that it's better to just, like, name it yeah and you know find support in that because I know for me even as we're starting this podcast I'm like oh like I need to like chill and like be chill I can only do that for 30 seconds and then I'm gonna go back to being myself you know so it's like I don't know I just think it's important to show up authentically at work yeah and that includes mental health like you can't act like it doesn't exist because it is literally running the show you know yeah Yeah, I mean, and especially this year, if you work in tech, it's been a little bit much. Yeah. And there were days when I showed up for work and I was just like, I'm anxious. I'm upset that so much is happening right now. Mm -hmm. I have like, there's nothing in my control except for the job that I can do. And that's fine. And, you know, I I wish I had something more... um, profound to say about it but like but being able to talk about it and not you know pretending like things are sunshine and rainbows (laughs) and me and me just being like 
this is awful. Like, I didn't want to come today. I didn't want to work today, but I'm going to. I hear my tasks and I can get them done and I'll get them done, but I'm not happy. And yeah, that just, you know, I think just talking about it really helped. That's good. You know, so yeah. it's just important. I don't know. Just yeah. Showing up authentically. I think um, one part of what you said that stood out to me is like when you share like that conversation or have that conversation with someone, it also can help you not feel like you're crazy because you're like, oh, you see this too. Like you're also not okay because it can feel so isolating when you walk into work or into a team meeting and there's that imposter syndrome of everyone has this together yeah, and you don't. Like that's so not true. Honestly, the one thing I've learned the most in the past like five years is that nobody knows what's going on. No one. Everyone's trying their best and that is good enough. Like from the VP to like the intern, like we all feel like imposters sometimes and some people are just better at hiding it. But having like those safe conversations at work, like I'm thankful for Mia because we could sit there and be like, you see this too, right? Yeah. Like this is weird or yeah. like this is not okay. And so that just is, it feels so good because you can check that box and be like, okay, cool. That's acknowledged. I feel ready to focus on these emails now, you know, because yeah. like you didn't have to pretend or like shove it down. Exactly. You had to just like talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that does, that goes back to just like you're building the community around all the people that you're with every day, mm -hmm. being honest, being authentic. And that makes riding the storm so much easier, even mm -hmm. though it's a crazy tsunami mm -hmm. of a storm. Yeah. But you at least have the camaraderie and you have the people around you whether you work together now or your roads diverge you you have your people you know you, yeah. that you can always again you have your you're building your network too mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i don't want people in my network that don't support everything i'm about you yeah. know yeah so yeah i love that yeah and so part of this podcast uh we have a gold star mm -hmm. um, because I, we've kind of personified the gold star. And I and I yes. wanted to kind of talk about it because I think Taylor Swift talks about this a lot is that there's a certain type of people. And I think a lot of marketers are like this, but definitely type A. I don't know. Maybe all of us were like this, but mm -hmm. I think it's just a generational thing. But we all grow up in school and we're collecting our gold stars so true <laughs> what what can i do good to get a gold star on my chart i need affirmation mm -hmm. i need positive reinforcement praise because i need like i i want to do a good job it's your dopamine it's almost like addicting to get mm -hmm. more gold stars yeah and that's just kind of the way our school system starts and if you're in a family dynamic sometimes you have like the gold star siblings that just want to do whatever they can to appease their parents Me. <laughs> and then you kind of you enter into the real world and especially the workforce and people aren't giving you gold stars anymore yeah they're just like you did your job yeah it's kind of hurt it, when you said that because i felt that <laughs> and i think that um that kind of led to a few different crises for me, just like mm. internally. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, no one's going to give me the external validation that they used to. Yeah. Does anyone care? No one's telling me if I'm doing a good job or if I'm doing a bad job. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Like, what am I doing all this for? And it's 
again, it just kind of adds to that anxiety and the purpose that you kind of need to get through the day to day. So the gold star sometimes has good days and sometimes has bad days. And you have to just carry your own gold star, especially as you get older and people aren't as willing to give those out. A hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with, you know, when Mia sent me the design for the logo with the gold star, I shrieked because I think it's so accurate and the gold star looks a little upset because it's just like ironic, you know, like we are chasing these like gold stars and we're expecting them to be given to us. And very much like you said, when you get out of school, they're not there anymore. Like you don't get an A plus, you get to check the box or put like published on Monday and that's it. And if you have a good boss, they'll be like, this is great, great job. Um, But bosses are busy and sometimes they don't. Right. They're, they're trusting you to do your job. Yeah. And they don't have time to congratulate you. And that might, congratulations might come once a year in your review, you know? Yeah. So it's been interesting finding the intrinsic validation. And I definitely think a, a lot of that comes from having a community that can validate you outside of work or even inside work, you know, just to be championing, championing you. Yeah. And like rooting you on. I know a big part for me and feeling fulfilled is like my faith instead of just looking at like the next mile like I'm trying to like run the bigger race you know and so not putting so much of my worth in that but putting my my worth in Jesus has helped a lot for me personally um but I still fall and I still want a gold star like you said like you've tripped up a lot on the moments when you wanted one and you didn't get it I have gone on full-on spirals because I didn't get a gold star it sucks because we're kind of trained like that's what you're doing it for. That's what you're doing it for. You're doing it for the A on your report card or, you know, the ribbon or, you know, the congratulations in front of the class or the trophy and like in life after school. It's not like that. And honestly, like I was fortunate at Rollins where I went to college. You know, I had some of my professors who kind of talked to us about that a little bit. It still didn't really make a difference to me because I was hardwired to like want a gold star. But they were like, you know, if you pitched like an idea for like a press release or whatever, they would be like, all right, next. Like, excuse me? I like, (laughs) aren't you going to clap for me? Um, You know, like that kind of thing. Or tell me I got an F so I know how to improve. But like sometimes at work, you don't even get that. So it's just so interesting. But I think that everyone deserves a gold star you know, like just for trying. And um, I think that it's important to know that your worth goes beyond that. And that in pursuit of the gold star, like you will probably become anxious, you know, which is why it's so cool as our logo. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where the the gold star came from. And um, I think it's really cute. I love it. It is cute. So one part that we want to introduce into the Anxious Marketers podcast is to talk about something we're proud of that we've done in the past week. Um, And as we reflect on this on the show, we also want you at home or in your car, in your shower, wherever you are, to just kind of reflect on something you're proud of that you've accomplished this week. Um, So Mia, why don't you tell us what you're proud of from the past seven days? Okay, it's Saturday today. Yeah. Hmm. 
Oh my gosh. Let's see. What am I proud of? I, okay. Work-wise, I came up with a new content plan and strategy uh, that I'm going to be introducing to our uh, brand marketing director and our content marketing manager and our VP of marketing and just talking about that. And then I'm also going to, I have a um, ABM gifting proposal strategy that I'll be presenting to our senior vice president and vice president of sales. So I love that. Yeah. So I guess having some responsibility to spearhead things like that, I guess I'm, I'm proud of um, just like initiating those things and getting them done and feeling really confident about my plan. I love that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. That's so cool. I guess one thing that I'm proud of this week on Friday, so yesterday, I had six meetings. Holy I know. And usually I don't, but that was a lot. And I, like, I had a good time doing them. Like, in my new role, like, I love everyone I work with and I feel like I have autonomy and they have trust in what I'm doing. And similar to what you said, like, having the opportunity to spearhead those projects and and, you know, just being given the grace to run with it has been really special for me. So I'm really proud of myself for going through six meetings. Um, my God. They were all internal, though, which always is a little easier. Because in my Depending. Work, yeah, well, because I have the opportunity to have, like, external meetings. And those just require a little more finesse, I think. Yeah. But internal meetings, it's like, it's your friends. I right. Mean, my partners are my friends, too. But you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Internal meetings are always A+, plus, but like... Unless you're like presenting something really big and yeah. important. Well, I, I love meeting with everyone on the marketing team. Mm-hmm. Like that is no problem. Mm-hmm. As soon as I'm starting to talk to people outside of marketing, mm-hmm. I guess that's when I'm like, okay, I need to block off my calendar before and after this meeting. Really? Because I'm... It just it's like one of those things. I don't know. It's just I'm not used to talking to those people and they might not understand me because, again, I I try to show up authentically. I try to just I can't not be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a goofy ball, like goofball. Mm-hmm. And I like to laugh. And me too. <laughs> I like to show people my dog and as you should, you know, and mm-hmm. and. Yeah, okay. like, uh, you know, our our competitive insights. Like, here's my beautiful competitive insights. I made charts. They're pretty. That's it. Love it. I love that. <laughs> I, one thing that you said that kind of stood out to me was um, that you feel less anxious in meetings with, like, the marketing team. Yeah. Which I do, too, because they're my people. But at the same time, I feel like, when I'm meeting with other marketing folks, like they know marketing too. So then I'm like, what if I'm wrong? And, you know, yeah. like, but when I'm talking to like other um, departments, not that they don't know marketing, but I feel like that's my comfort zone is like marketing. So when I'm talking to them about it, I'm like, you're the expert on ops and sales and I'm the expert on marketing. So I feel like more... More confident. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. Because when I'm in a room with other people who do marketing, I'm like, I'm like, well, at yeah. first, I obviously I know there's always something to learn. So that's kind of how I combat that is like, oh, well, if I'm wrong, like, cool, I just learned something new. Mm-hmm. But 
is scary because I'm like, well, what if they know more about SEO than me? Right. You know? But there's also people like that is their specialty. That's true. Um, I've been more in like the content world, which is, I love it. I love content land. So yeah. Um, but I'm really proud of you for coming up with new strategies this I, week. Yeah. I'm proud of you for going to so many meetings, getting so many done. And I'm sure you are the sunshine of all of them. Stop. I try. Actually, I, I literally don't. Um, I don't try. I, I just don't try. Can't help but be joyful. So, um, this has been a great conversation, as always, Mia. Saying it like you're a guest when you're one I of know, those. Right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess just to summarize, we wanted to make this first episode a little bit about us, a little bit about the podcast. One thing we didn't cover is who is this for? Who is this for? Okay. So it is called the anxious marketers, but I really, I think this is for anyone that is open to the mental health conversation, just wants to talk about mental health in the workplace because one in five people feel comfortable talking about mental health at work. That's only one in five. One in five. Yeah. I think like Mia said, it's just, we want to create a community. I think it already exists. I think it just needs to be brought together and we want to create a, a place where you can be your corporate self, you can be your anxious self, you can be your authentic self. And we just want to allow people to come and tell their stories, tell our stories as it relates to marketing and mental health and just kind of navigating the world as we know it, the business world too. Yeah. Because it's, it's hard out there. And I think that there's a lot of advice and wisdom that can come from, you know, the broader conversation. So we're excited to be a part of it. Yes. And we'll also, you know, of course, be talking about marketing things because that's where we live. Yeah. I think our plan right now is every other episode will be more marketing focused and the ones that are not marketing focused will be more about a mental health topic. So yeah, you're going to have the best of both worlds here. Um, and Mia and I will always be here. We're also excited in the future to have super cool guests on the show yeah we already have a couple people in mind that you know are well versed in marketing and they're also just authentic people so i think it'll be really cool yeah for sure please be sure to leave us any comments wherever you're you're seeing this if you're if you're um i guess if you're listening to this podcast style you can leave a review. Leave. Oh, yeah. Give us a review. A good one, please. <laughs> um, yeah, please be nice. Mm -hmm. And yes. You want to know words to live by really yeah. quick? Yes. You can't edit something that doesn't exist. No. So true. That's something I love that. That when you're feeling like a perfectionist, like just start because you can't edit a podcast or a video or a song or a project or a business that doesn't exist. So, yeah. So true, bestie. Thanks, bestie. All right. I'll see you next Thursday. I'll see you next Thursday. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, mm -hmm. wherever you listen to podcasts or YouTube. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.